This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort of break it, break it down like good. My name is Zane Freed, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Comic Nerd Cast with uh, Joe and Matt. That was really close. Thank you. Damn. Guess what, folks? We're not canceled because you can't cancel a podcast. That's right. Welcome to episode 27 of THN. I think you can cancel a podcast. You probably can cancel a podcast. <laughs> I think it's a choice-by-choice basis where they just click unsubscribe and then we're canceled, which may be happening right now. Anyway, we're talking comics and comic news for the week of Wednesday, July 27th. My name is Matt Baum. I'm reading very fast. And when I'm not deleting episodes of this show after seeing Captain America in a theater that happens to serve booze, I'm writing about an appraising comics worth point.com. And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online, and I was able to enjoy one red, white, and blue shield daiquiri responsibly oh, while watching the Cap movie so that I could remember the experience, because even though I don't share the responsibilities of something as technical as editing out all my ums and ahs There's every a lot week of them, folks. to make this show sound polished, after the movie, I certainly had the wherewithal to do so. And I showed up to manage Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska the next day, sans hangover. Big whoop. This week you'll hear reviews of La Mano Destinio from Castle and Key Publications and Amazing Spider-Man number 666 from Marvel. After that, Joe and I will make like Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat when we jump onto our speeding hover doohickeys, straight Thundercat style, and review ten comics while throwing smoke pellets at each other in the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll saunter up the home plate, point into the stands, and call our shot on what you should be reading next week. And finally, as a special treat, it just so happens there's five shows instead of four this month. It took a lot of there would have been. long math and calculations for us morons to figure <laughs> this <fist> out. Fights. <laughs> so Joe and I will celebrate with our very own THN fifth week event by counting down the five worst fifth week events as part of our new top five segment. Exciting! But before we get to all that hokum, let's mule kick Tom Brady and Bill Pelichek in the gonads to give them a preview of what it's going to feel like every time Chad Ochocinco hosts a post-game press conference, and then we'll talk about this week's big news. Oh, Chad Ochocinco is a dancer. He was on Dancing with the Stars. No, he's an NFL wide receiver. Though this story is a bit out of our area of interest, the news stirred something in this old nerd's soul. Interest or expertise? Either. Okay. (laughs) Take your pick. Both. At (laughs) Comic-Con's Maddie Palooza panel... Yep. Dedicated to diehard fans and collectors of Mattel's various toy lines, the company announced that Dark Horse Comics will be producing a new three-issue mini-comic that will be included in the initial wave of their Masters of the Universe Classics line in 2012. The comics harken back to the ones that were included in the original line of figures that were produced from 1982 to 1987, and I loved those little I still comics. have mine. I still oh, have mine. I've got the trap jaw one in, like, near mint condition. <laughs> What's more, the new comics will pick up the story from where the originals left off and will complete, quote, the never-told story that was to be the new direction of the original line right before it was canceled. Where He-Man finally comes out of the closet. <laughs> uh, as the original mini-comics featured writing and art from creators such as Bruce Timm and Stan Sakai, which is something I didn't know until oh, I, I was an I, adult. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Usagi Ojimbo Stan yes. Sakai and Batman animated series Bruce Timm? Those, the same. Wow. Uh, likewise, these new stories will be produced by established creators. Tim Seeley of Hackslash will write the series. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. It's okay. With art provided by Wellington Alves, who is perhaps best known for his work on Marvel's recent Nova series. And he was good. Yeah. Uh, the insane the insane painted covers 
for the series will be provided by the goons Eric Powell. And I've seen the first one. It's got He-Man crashing like through a wall, it is so riding cool. a giant green it's, Triceratops. Sorry. Eric Powell can make everything look yeah, awesome. I know. It's it's really great. Now, Matt, I have never really been a toy collector, but He-Man was always one of my favorites. I have already busted out my furry underpants, buddy. What about you? I've got my weird Triclops three-eye hat thing that spins around <laughs> so I can make, like, scared eye, angry eye. I have to buy these. I don't have a choice. I don't know. I have to do I'm powerless in front of this. I don't even care if they suck. And honestly, if I can get prints of the Eric Powell covers, oh man, those are going up in the office. Listen, even if you don't care about He-Man, Too go awesome. online and find that picture because they are bananas. It's really great. <laughs> Put that dagger away, Nicholas Cage. I don't have time to argue with you. It's your choice, Senator. Stop. Just stop. In crazy broke bankrupt news, the first look at a sequel nobody wanted hit the net with Empire Magazine's publication of stills from the upcoming Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance film, starring. Our very own Nicolas Cage. Yes. Ugh. The stills feature an angsty Cage as Johnny Blaze and Thor's Idris Elba as Moreau, the motorcycling monk, who is certainly one of my favorite characters from the Ghost Rider comic book. Oh, wait a minute. No, we've never heard of him before. Yeah, but I mean, it's not exactly out of place. It's still <laughs> stupid. As well as our first look at Ghost Rider and all his CGI glory. The film, thre- <laughs> I almost said threatens theaters. <laughs> <laughs> The film hits theaters in February, which is most notably the month that Hollywood craps out all the losers. Joe, you're the only person I know that didn't want to light Nicolas Cage on fire after seeing the first movie. Are you excited to see Cage channeling Elvis on meth again? (laughs) I need my jelly beans. Everyone knows I like stuff. I liked Green Lantern. Nobody can apologize for a movie like Joe Patton. (laughs) I I did not hate the Ghost Rider movie like some people hated I almost came over the table the first time I heard him say that. Like, no. No. Look, I'm not saying it was good. I'm no, just saying I good. didn't hate it. Oh, God. It was terrible. I feel like this Nicolas one Cage might be better. showed up and then I can't remember the guy that directed the first one. was like, all right, Nick. Uh, so Did somebody direct the you first one? You know Ghost Rider, right? And he's like, oh, I know Ghost Rider. I'm like, Nick, why Why are you talking like Elvis, man? What are you doing? He's like, I got an idea. We're going we're, we're gonna to go with this. All right, just, just roll with it. And they were like, uh, I don't know, Nick. Why are you sweating so much? I mean, are you okay? And he was like, turn on the damn cameras. I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't think it even made any money, so I don't know why we're well, getting it. Well, it definitely didn't make any money. I don't why know why we we're getting it. Ghost second Rider Ghost sequel. Rider film. Well, and see, the thing is that I've heard that it's not even necessarily a sequel. It's just somehow... Well, there certainly aren't a lot of unanswered questions from the first one. It that can't I be like another origin. Reinvestigate. Uh, I don't know. Moving on. Finally, this week saw the definitive end of the Jack Kirby Ayers' case against Marvel Comics for the rights to the material the King contributed to the creation of the Marvel Universe as we know it. A New York court ruled in favor of Marvel, stating that Kirby's creative contributions for the company constituted work for hire under the 1909 copyright law, meaning that Kirby's estate has no claim on the work in question, including his input toward the creation of characters like Fantastic Four, the X-Men, and even Spider-Man, which not a lot of people know he designed Yeah, and even did the cover to Amazing Fantasy 15 before Mm -hmm. Stanley was like, you are not right for this book, call Steve Ditko. (laughs) Uh, And in a very Lee Kirby cliffhanger fashion, the Kirby Estates attorney Mark Toberoff vowed to appeal, stating that, quote, Let me do it, let me do it. 
This is just the beginning. (laughs) Matt, does feeling kind of relieved at this news mean I'm a rich, white, Republican corporate tool? No, just a rich, white, Republican corporate sympathizer. You are Alex P. Keaton from Family Ties, and I'm the freewheeling, good-looking Mallory. Because I think this is... Mallory? Yeah. (laughs) The hot chick. Uh, I think this is... It's hard. Because, like, did Jack Ruby sign a bad deal? Maybe. But at the time, it was not a bad deal. He, like, if you look at the history, like, Joel Siegel and Jerry Schuster, those guys got crapped on. Totally. Here's the difference between the Siegel and Schuster cases and the Kirby case. Who created Superman, we should say, for those who don't. The the Siegel and Schuster uh, Siegel and Schuster created Superman independently and then shopped the character around. True, Kirby was an employee of Marvel. Exactly, that is not in dispute, and the court was right to make this decision. They were. I I can't agree more. Was it? I mean, did Kirby deserve to make a, more? Absolutely, probably. But, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Right? How can we have known? No right. one, nobody even knew these comics were going to be worth money. And, someday, and or as anyone much, would still, Captain America would have a movie made in yeah. 2011. And as much as I'd like to see Kirby have gotten his due, Kirby is widely loved and respected as like the most prolific and creative artist of and arguably our time. was taken care of financially back in the day. So, I'm, and that's not to say that the Kirby estate are billionaires. Yeah. And it's too bad they're not. Was this a bad deal back in the day? No, not necessarily. Could they have known that it was going that these ideas would blow up to the size they are today? There's no way to know that. Right. Bleedingcool.com has the entire 50-page uh ruling on their site. You can go read it. And I read parts of it and it's actually very very interesting. We'll put a link to that up on our Facebook page. And uh something that is stated in the ruling that I found very fair is that, you know, this isn't about what Kirby deserves now the respect he deserves now it's about was kirby an employee of marvel when he did all this work and that's what it comes down to is it's a simple yes or no question unfortunately and so lens the brakes that's this week's big news if you want to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed hit us up on our facebook page we've been rating the lovely ladies of comic-con cosplay on a three-level scale of pleasantly pumped Plus size and bulging, and Daddy either didn't love me enough or possibly too much. Fat jokes, Matt. There were slut jokes too. We're better than this. Not better than slut jokes. <laughs> and she runs off to them to Japan. And the IRS said they Review time is here again. Well, that was off the cuff. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't plan that at all. <laughs> that means it's time to talk about some new releases. We've got a written review of a comic that came out last week up on our new Tumblr blog. Matt shared his thoughts on X-Men 15, and I am preparing a review of Daredevil number one. Uh, we wanted to talk about him last week. Things happened. We did talk about him last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had a really good conversation. You heard what we said about him. <laughs> so keep your eyes on our Tumblr blog. It's twoheadednerd.tumblr.com. Check out our written reviews on those thoughts. We do have an episode this week, though, so let's talk about some new books that came out this week, whatever date that was. Matt, what did you read this week? That would have been Wednesday, July 27th. Thanks. My review is of La Mano del Destino, number one, from Castle and Key Publication, loosely translated, The Hand Hand of Fate, or Destiny, or something. Uh, story and art by Jay Gonzo. Lamano del Destinio is the tale of a disgraced mask wrestler who, after turning down money to throw about, is double-crossed by the evil promoter that offered the deal and unmasked during a group beatdown by several corrupt wrestlers. 
Now he's back as La Mano del Destino to expose the corrupt ways of the evil promoter Jefe, who seems to have a dark and otherworldly control of the wrestlers that work under him. Man. I Normally, I would tell you a little bit about the book and then say how what I feel about it. I loved, loved, loved this. <laughs> it was super good. This Okay, first of all, right up my alley. I got a thing for masked Mexican wrestlers. If you've seen any of my avatars and any of the various social sites that I neglect, it's they true. are all Mexican wrestlers. Love Santo, love Blue Demon, and have for a long time. The old 50s cheesy movies where Santo wrestled like Frankenstein because the government needed his help or something like that. <laughs> I love that stuff. And there was always an, a, a, an amount of cheese associated with Mexican wrestling, the luchadors and lucha libre. This, however, there's no cheese here. Straight I mean, there's a serious. little bit, but this is very serious. I mean, yeah. this is like reverently serious. Yes. I loved this. Now, okay, I should tell you first. Gonzo is self-publishing Lamano and mentions in the back of the comic that Diamond won't be distributing issues 236, which is too bad because it's so good. So, But if you need this one, you can order the first one through Diamond, but you got to contact him, go to their website, and sign up to get the next six issues. He, he told me in an email that he'd try to have issue two around September. He's not sure how he's going to distribute it yet. He's still trying to figure that out. This guy needs our help, and he absolutely deserves it. We're going to have a link to his site up on our website for anyone who's interested Mm -hmm. gonzo has this cartoon style that reminds me of mitch o'connell but he never gets really silly it is a little stiff who's mitch o'connell mitch o'connell's kind of a pop art guy he's done a ton of stuff you would recognize his work he's amazing but he does get a little stiff but i think he's doing it on purpose he's kind of drawing this like an old school mexican wrestling flyer so much so that the whole comic book is colored in like four colors it's like yeah. Yellow, blue, green, and pink. It's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, like everything just leaps off the page. And there's this like fake, obviously computer, like zipatone backgrounds, like dot matrix stuff. And and the paper looks old. Yeah, and they made the paper look aged. There's just there's nothing that looks like this on the stands. The the character design and luchadors is absolutely fantastic. There's a two page spread that features Hefe's evil army of luchadors, and each one just looks like a story within himself. There's a there's a big fat one. There's a guy oh, with I a love that fat guy. Yeah, there's a guy with a prosthetic arm. There's a masked woman. There's these weird looking twins. <laughs> it, it's so much fun. The story is fantastic in its simplicity. It's good guy versus bad guy in the ring where all real disputes are settled. And like I said, this is not a silly Mexican wrestling story like Images Lucha Libre. This this is so very serious. You can tell Gonzo has like a reverence for the luchadors and he treats the story with just enough cheese to make it feel like a Mexican wrestling legend. I just want to take a second to read from the intro to give you an idea of what the what this universe is like. And it starts off, Cuidado, which means caution. You are about to enter a world not completely unlike that which you know, but still a place that may assail your sense of antiquity. Nonetheless, set aside your preconceived limits of possibility and enter the vast land that was once Mesoamerica. This place has a known and rich history of masked warriors, champions who battled for ego and nation alike, a lineage unbroken and unyielding that is culminated in the luchador bifurcated into the trustworthy technicos and the rotten rudos. The luchadors act as proxy to settle most disputes of importance. It should be noted that the luchador does not don his mask to conceal his identity, but rather to reveal That's it. That's a good line. Man. That's a really good if line. If there was nothing else in this comic book, I'd be. Yeah, that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, th- really, though, this is just excellent stuff, and Gonzo needs our help. So I, I everybody, go to Castle and Key Publications, search out on Google, We'll have, like I said, we'll have a link on our site and tell this guy we support you. We want to see more of this. 
I am absolutely shocked that someone like Image didn't pick this up. Yeah. Because this is one of the best indie comics that I've ever just grabbed on a whim. And I'd say that strongly. Well, and Huge to give, buy it to give kind of a, a counterpoint, not a counterpoint, but I don't have the same affinity for Mexican wrestling and those kinds of old stories that Matt does. I mean, I think they're fun. I just am not as familiar, familiar with them or, sure. you know, as fond of them. I just never grew up watching them and stuff. I read this comic and I put it down like literally minutes ago. I read it for the first time uh, while we were setting up. I put it down and I looked at Matt and I said, this comic is fucking great. <laughs> I don't know anything about mass wrestling other than, you know, the whole, like, the mask can't come off. It's, right. But, yeah, it was good. I loved it. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to look at. I give it a strong buy it, even if you have only a passing interest in, like, Mexican wrestling or that culture. It was so entertaining. Yeah, just fun. And I really am looking forward to seeing more, and I hope we get it. Joe, what'd you pick up and read for the kids this week? My pick was Amazing Spider-Man 666 from Marvel Comics, written by Dan Slott with art by Stefano Caselli. The Spider-Man issue of the Beast, ladies and gentlemen. And the name of the story is Spider-Island Prologue, the one and only. So things are going pretty well for Peter Parker. He's got a new girlfriend, a great job, and his life as Spider-Man is better than ever. Unbeknownst to Spidey, though... One of his old enemies is planning something that will change not only Peter's life, but the lives of everyone in New York forever. Oh, no. I know, right? I like Amazing Spider-Man. I like where it's at right now. And I really love where Slot has taken the character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the people of New York and even the police, you know, love him. Yeah, they're, they're turning on Jameson. Because yeah, people they love, realize. They're like, Spider-Man's doing a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And this anti-spider patrol? <laughs> exactly. This is a huge waste of taxpayer People money. People are realizing that J. Jonah Jameson's vendetta is totally crazy. And as a result, his approval ratings as mayor are like tanking. Yeah. Tanking. And I, I've just always hated the idea that things can never go right for Peter Parker. Like the, that... That the the idea that part of that Peter old Parker's dumb Parker look exactly right you know, yeah that part of Peter Parker's character is that he's always you know in the dumps something's right. always going bad that was fine for a time but it's been fifty years people yeah uh so the idea that you know the put upon Peter Parker with the old Parker look is the iconic put version upon Peter Parker I get it <laughs> that uh, was alliteration that was good uh, I just find it really overplayed and so I am appreciating this kind of departure yeah it's nice and like I I don't mind it that's not to say I don't that I mind it when bad things happen it's compelling when bad things happen and they're coming. Oh, yes. Big time. Yes, yes. But I don't need the never-ending stream of can't hold down a job. Oh, I let down at me again. Oh, I lost a girl because I couldn't tell her I was Spider-Man. Whoops, I made a deal with the devil. Yeah. And everybody forgot I was married. Yeah, so... You know, I, stuff we can all relate to. Exactly. So I just... I think the this direction Slot's been taking the book is really refreshing. And his writing has kind of an old-fashioned style that can seem a little cheesy, but I like it. There should be camp, though. This is Spider-Man. Yes. There's always been camp. It fits with the character. Yeah, it works. Like, this wouldn't work in a Wolverine book. Exactly right. It fits in with this character, and it's also not over the top. But it's just enough to kind of harken back 
to a time in comics, you know, that I remember very fondly, right. like the kind of 80s Spider-Man. Yeah, a fun, high-swinging, free Spidey. Yeah, you know? I love it. And this particular issue is jam-packed with content. You've got Spidey busting some thugs, Spidey having a mini team-up, Spidey training with Shang-Chi for two pages. Yeah. And, you know, you've got good character stuff with Peter and a supporting cast. I believe they call that fan service. Uh-huh. And all the while, like, this threat is building in the background. So this is the prologue, the prelude, if you will, to Spider Island. Now, fair warning, Spider Island, it's obvious from this issue that Spider Island is going to heavily feature plots and characters that tie into the much maligned Clone Saga. Yep. And I... Love it. Yeah. I we'll, love it. We'll, we'll certainly see <laughs> where they go with this. Oh, man. I think it's fun that the uh, the whatever disease or whatever it is being spread by bed bugs. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the story is that the Jackal has returned, the guy who cloned Spider-Man. Is it the original Jackal? I guess I don't know. As far as we know? Maybe. Okay. Well, that's well, his the deal. Jackal is there's also Miles Warren, Miles Warren, that's and right. there's also there's like a dozen different Miles Warrens running around like doing lab work in his yeah. secret base. There's some which weird, I thought was good. There's some weird clony business yeah. going on, and so Miles Warren has returned and genetically engineered bed bugs to spread this like spider virus, and people that get bitten develop Spider-Man powers, basically. But it looks like people are going to have extra arms and stuff. Some people are going to have extra arms. Some people have organic webs. Like, some people are going to get Spider-Man powers. Other people are going to get man-spider powers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, And it's just such a kooky, fun idea. And Miles Warren is, of course, his strings are being pulled by yet another mysterious puppet master who we have not seen yet. Yeah. Uh, A lady, a mysterious lady. I have a theory. Do you? I do. Mm. And, yeah, it's just super fun. It's super fun, and it's high adventure, and it's crazy sci-fi. And it's Stefano Caselli drawing Gorgeous. ass off, Gorgeous. Man. Absolutely beautiful and work by this guy. I've loved him for years now, and I followed him as he's gone from, like, Avengers the Initiative yeah. to Secret Warriors and now to Spider-Man. And his style is just perfect. Yeah, he's nailing it's it. It's perfect for this book, yeah. and it is a joy to look at. The, uh, the panels with Hydro Man. Like took yeah. me back to I, the first time I saw Todd McFarlane drawing Hydro Man. I know exactly Spider-Man, that issue, yeah. and I was just blown away. It's like he'd never looked that cool, and yep. I had the same feeling. Caselli's Hydro Man, awesome. You know what? Something I've never seen anybody do is this idea that Hydro Man is kind of flowing out of a jewelry store, yeah, and in his wake is all the stuff he stole. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Spider-Man's fighting him, and his lower half is all water, and, and it's full of, like, pearl necklaces the and watches. gravity is like, oh, I swallowed some of him. <laughs> yeah, is, he, is he in me? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> it's just fun. It's just fun. And I have enjoyed some stories of slots better than others. Uh, it's not all perfect, but overall, this book has been consistently fun since yeah. Slot took over as solo writer. Amazing Spider-Man is really, really great right now. And Spidey fans, especially those that are still sore over one more day, are really doing themselves a disservice if they're not reading it. This book is a strong buy it. Buy it from me as well. That's a double buy it for La Mano del Destinio and Spider Island Prelude, Amazing Spider-Man number 666. Props to Dan Slott for not going to the devil story on this one. Yes. You know I love a good devil story, but that's just it's so tinkerwalk. Yeah, absolutely. had a week off, but it's time once again to review 10 comics so fast it could threaten the entire time-space continuum. Joe, let's jump onto our dual cosmic treadmills. 
and turn this mother out in the ludicrous speed round. Ludicrous speed, go! Godzilla, Kingdom of Monsters, number five. Uh, Phil Hester's gone, and it shows. Uh, oh. Santos isn't bad, but he's no Phil Hester. I still enjoyed it. I can only give it a skim at. Strange Case of Mr. Hyde, number four. This book has been great. This series is super fun. I got to talk a little bit with the writer of the book online, and he's super great, yeah, super really fun, nice guy. and really grateful that people are digging the book. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Buy it. ICE number one. ICE stands for Immigration and Customs Enforcement. It's huh. a top-notch sexy police group starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's drawn <laughs> by Brian Stelfreeze on the cover. Uh, picturing Dwayne The Rock Johnson doing all the dialogue almost screwed it up for me, but I got to say... Not bad at all. And the backup by Brian Stilfres was really nice to look at. That guy never draws anything anymore. I wish he did. I'm giving this a buy it. Oh, man. 12-gauge comics. Detective Comics, 880. Ugh. Scott Snyder, what is? what are you doing to me? What happened to you as a child? It's not going to matter in less than a month. It is going to matter. No, it's all going to go away. No. Batman's going to be like five years old riding dinosaurs and stuff in the <laughs> reboot. <laughs> this comic is amazing, and Jock's Joker... Is super creepy. Buy it. Captain America and Bucky, number 620. Not what I expected, but a pleasant surprise. Beautiful. I really like it. Yeah, Chris Omni. Yeah. Knocked this one out of the park. It's gorgeous. This is a fun story. Props to Marvel for not taking the chance to retcon Bucky here with the movie out in the theaters. They're sticking to their guns. They retconned a little. A little bit, but they're sticking their guns and making it a little more interesting, if anything. Buy it. Intrepid's number five. This is a good book. Uh, I don't know if a whole lot of people are reading it, but it's super fun. It's about a team of enhanced beings that track down mad scientists. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. This is it's one that I'm really sorry I good art. on. I've heard good things. Buy it. Venom, number five. Please, 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 Tony Moore, please come back and finish this entire book. I'm tired of the Tom Fowler art. I can I only give this one a like the Tom Fowler art. Yeah, Buy it. It's throwing me off. Joe Hill's The Cape, number one. Uh, this is a book based on a Joe Hill short story, not actually written by Joe Hill. Still, it was fun. It's about what happens kind when a misnomer title, then, a huh? kind of a slacker loser gets superpowers and goes really, really, really bad. Uh, it was great art. Buy it. Terminator, Robocop, kill human number one. This is Dynamite Comics. Normally, I try to be respectful on these, but this was dumb. This was dumb, and it read like bad fan fiction. It was oh, no. poorly drawn. And that said, there was a surprise ending I did not see coming. Don't buy it. <laughs> Leave it. Secret Warriors, 28. Uh, the grand finale of Jonathan Hickman's uh, 28... Let's just be generous and say 28 months. Yeah, it was <laughs> Super good. Warriors epic. Uh, had some timing issues, but still, it was worth it. This book was great, and there was something I wish would have happened, but I think that's me being an old cranky fan and not... Cry baby. The Cry baby. <laughs> still, I love this book. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Morong! That's your ludicrous speed round. And morong is the sound that Angurius makes when he's mad. Angurius is the spiny hedgehog-looking guy with the horn on his nose from Godzilla. And now we know. Now let's take a look at next week's comics and tell these nerds what they should be reading. Matt, what... If, if they're still listening after this. <sighs> Doubtful. Matt, what is tickling your fancy next Wednesday? The Punisher, number one, yeah. by Greg Rucka with art. By my favorite artist, name to say out loud, Marco Chichito. Cheese Cheeto. Marco Cheese Cheeto. <laughs> it looks like Greg Rucka is bringing the Punisher back again. At, what is this, Punisher Volume 9 in the last five years? <laughs> I don't years. even know. <laughs> I gave I've, up. I've lost track. But this one looks really good. I love Greg Rucka. Nobody does the street-level gritty crime stuff better than him. The yes. art by Chichito also looks really nice. I'm excited. Joe, what are you looking forward to? A Severed Number 1 by Scott Snyder and Scott 
Tuft. Art by Attila Futaki. Ooh. Yeah, that's a tough name. Name your kid Attila. He better be a monster. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, this is Scott Snyder, creator-owned horror book. And I read online that when it, when he signed his ex- exclusive contract with DC, that's right. this was specifically written in that, that he, he gets could to do write this, this book. book. Yeah. And I don't even know what it's about because <laughs> I didn't want to spoil it for myself, but I cannot wait for a horror book by Scott Snyder completely unrestrained by, like, he's free to do whatever he wants. It's Unlike the, the happy sweet themes he has running through detective comics well, right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I mean, imagine imagine what he can do when he doesn't have to follow the rules. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just am so looking forward to it. Severed number There's one. There's also his feel-good epic, American Vampire. <laughs> July is a very special month because it gives us a chance, normally, <laughs> to air five episodes. When we're not, you know, deleting one. Yes. So not to throw THN into utter disarray, we're taking a page from our favorite comic publishers and launching the first ever THN fifth week event. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the THN top five to be determined. That's right, nerds. Just like Amalgam and Girl Frenzy, every month with five weeks, we too will be forced to maintain our four-week format by bringing you the THN top five. And it seemed only fitting to start with THN's top five worst fifth week events. (laughs) Joe. Start us off at number five. Punch it. Checking in at number five is Marvel's X-Men Black Sun event from 2000 that teased readers with the return of the much-beloved New Mutant and Colossus's little snowflake, Eliana <laughs> Rasputin. It creeps me out every time he says that. <laughs> Instead, thanks to a pointless bait-and-switch by writer Chris Claremont, we got Amanda Sefton? Yeah, suck, suck, suck. Nightcrawler's sister girlfriend? Yeah, it's almost like they were like, he was like, I've got this huge plan. I'm not going to tell it any of the editors what it is. And in the end, when it starts to look like it's magic, they go, oh, Chris, we're using her for something else. Just make it anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, Amanda Sefton. Yeah, All right, this the Dazzler comes back. Are you happy? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. Poo-poo. Number four goes to DC's 2001 Justice League's event, which saw Hector Hammond and an alien called the Advance Man erasing the world's memory of the Justice League. However, when Hammond discovers the Advance Man's true motives, he tries to undo his machinations by broadcasting a telepathic thought to the JLA members. And I'm not making this up, but the Advance Man stops him in mid-sentence, so he only projects, Justice League of... Leaving the JLA members to start six different and totally stupid Justice Leagues. The Justice League of Amazons, which is formed by Wonder Woman, leading a team of Supergirl, Linda Danvers at the time, Huntress, Big Barda, Zatanna, Power Girl, and Black Orchid. The Justice League of Anarchy, where a team composed of comedy-themed superheroes like Plastic Man, Mazin' Man, Ambush Bug, The Creeper, Trickster, and Harley Quinn. (laughs) The Justice League of Atlantis. I'll let you guess who was on that team. The Justice League of Apostles, which is led by by Zoriel, the angel that was in the Justice League at the time, with the Phantom Stranger, Dr. Fate, Dead Man, and Zatanna. The Justice League of Adventure, which by far... I thought this was the worst one until I got to the last one. This was The Flash, Wally West, (laughs) Mr. Miracle, The Atom, Beast Boy, and Black Canary. The Justice League of Arkham, which makes no sense when Batman goes to recruit Nightwing, the Joker, Catwoman, the Riddler, and the ventriloquist Scarface duo and Poison Ivy. What what is he thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Then we have the Justice League of Aliens with the Martian Manhunter leading Superman, Orion, Starfire, Lobo, Guy Gardner, not an alien, and the and, Blue Starman. And yeah. Blue Starman. Why is Guy Gardner there? And then the worst named Justice League of Air. <laughs> 
A team of flying <laughs> superheroes, including Green Lantern, Black Condor, Captain Atom, the, the Ray, Ray, and Firestorm. Now, just a little side note here. Everyone on the Justice League of Aliens could also fly. <laughs> oh, Dr. Light and Red Tornado were there, too. They couldn't fly as good as oh, these other guys. Apparently not. Uh, charting at number three is Marvel's attempt to show us what their comics would be like within the context of the Marvel Universe in their Marvel's Comics Group event. Ooh. And so it was a series of one-shots where it's like, if the Marvel Universe version of Marvel Comics were making a comic book about Spider-Man... I pushed this out of my brain. Yeah. You, you came up with this one. What would it be like? Because nobody knows anything about Spider-Man. Yeah. And Fantastic Four, being public figures, had the only like 100% licensed right. comic. 98% of the books were awful. Uh, the Fantastic Four one was a little fun. But mostly, yeah, it was... A fun idea, not really great. Well, I love that nobody knows what Spider Man's like, so they like go to these like Bigfoot accounts of a monster. Yeah, he was a monster guy and stuff. Uh, there was a Daredevil comic He's where like a, they a, wrote him like he was a, a demon, flaming demon, yeah, possessed or, or whatever. Just yeah, stupid. It, it wasn't super good. It was a very close race for number one, and the close second goes to DC's Power Surge. This 2002 <laughs> event was to promote Kurt Busiek's biggest stinker, The Power Company, and it featured seven different one-shots titled after the name of each member of the soon-to-be-forgotten Power Company. Bork, in a story called Vulnerability, saw him teaming up with Batman and The Flash, Wally West at the time. Josiah Power, who I think his powers were his amazing uh, sideburns, as I recall. <laughs> he's got he's got a bald head and somehow also a beard. Yeah, he teamed up with Superman, Manhunter, a well-respected man, featuring Nightwing. Which Manhunter was this? It was it was the uh, Archie Goodwin. Oh, Walt Simonson Manhunter the from gigantic the 70s. shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Manhunter. Then we had Sapphire, Hatch of the Serpent's Egg, featuring the entire Justice League. Skyrocket, I don't remember her at all. It was a girl, right? Yeah, she oh. had kind of like an armored flight harness. Oh, okay. Featuring Green Lantern, which I believe was Kyle at Kyle the time. Kyle Rayner, yeah. Striker Z, which is just like the <laughs> dumbest name ever. Featuring He was Super- a Hong Kong stuntman. Yeah, featuring Superboy and then Witchfire. And the title of the story was, I want to see the bright lights tonight. Witchfire was like a dazzler, <laughs> but with magic. Featuring Wonder Woman. If I Woman. recall correctly. Really crappy stuff here. Joe. Not as crappy as number one, though. Oh, finally, number one goes to the universally reviled Marvel Mangaverse event of 2001. So bad. It was so terrible. Uh, and this saw Marvel trying to cash in on the popularity of Japanese comics by having white people reimagine their characters as they think uh, Asian writers and artists may have sure. had they been created in Japan. Yeah, you know. It's just uh, too bad there were... No Asians at all working in comics Not at the time, right? Not a single right? one. The closest they could get was Ben Dunn from Ninja High School, <laughs> who I think is like from Pennsylvania or Michigan Marvel or something. Marvel Mangaverse was the yeah, worst. Like, who I better to reimagine it. the manga Punisher than Peter, Peter David? Peter David. <laughs> <laughs> really? And he was like a geisha-like girl Yeah, Punisher. it was like a kabuki-looking oh, weirdness. so man. bad. Yeah. That is your official THN countdown of the top five worst fifth week events. Next time. <laughs> When, whenever the next fifth week event, we'll be looking at the top five annual crossovers. These Ooh. are the stories that travel through the annuals. Atlantis attacks type. 
Yes. Lots of fun. Let us know what your top five worst whatever is on our Facebook page. And we look forward to this next time. It was fun. Yeah, if you have any top ideas for top five, let us know. Shoot them at us, baby. You know how to get a hold of us. Sort of break it, break it down like this. That is it for the two-headed nerd comic cast this week. The episode 27 that almost wasn't. Thank you for bearing <laughs> with us. That was 100 percent my fault. I own it. I accept it. And if you can seem to get over it and still want to listen to this podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes where your star ratings and reviews Why don't you are just... the only things that stop me from cutting myself in so many places because I hate myself oh, so much, man. You can also click on our donate button at twoheadednerd.com. If you want to support this kind of if, professionalism. If you want to feed this two-headed monster. If you have the appreciation for the, the garbage journalism and completely unprofessional radio show we put out every week, we'd love your money. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you give is super appreciated. It is. And it goes into making the show better. Even if it's just a dollar, folks. It all comes right back to the show. Absolutely. As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com, even though I sort of abandoned it for our brand new Tumblr blog. (laughs) It's where the show lives. (laughs) There you can find our Twitter handles, our link to the blog, and uh, links to all our buddies' nerdy projects, like Movie Ha, who we recently recorded our final Captain America crossover episode. Which we're calling the Ultimate Two-Headed Nerd Movie Ha Crossover Special Colon Manifest Bastardization. What? Number four. <laughs> That's not enough. You can head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query. We want you to do what we did on the crossover podcast and rank this summer's comic book movies from worst to first. And go ahead and kick uh, cowboys and aliens in there because it is a comic book. Sure. It's all, all it there. Throw a little Harry Potter in there if you feel like it. <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Uncle Step Cousin, our 100th Twitter follower. Yay! With our new favorite Twitter handle. Uncle Step Cousin. <laughs> Word to you, Uncle Step Cousin. And until next time, true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off on episode 27. For sure. For real this time. Let's, let's go with 27. <laughs> 27. Bye. <laughs>